That's one of the things that's so fun about podcasting is you can really develop a community and community is connected to what we want to talk about today. Yeah, community, I think, is key in the world around us. Developing a group of people that are actually walking. I think we get a broken mindset of community in a mindset like thinking of people just setting. But I think when you get people moving, there's communication that has to be required, but there's also a focused place that you're moving towards. Are you deprived, perhaps discombobulated, maybe even distracted? You want more from life, from relationships, from God. Whether you're in a season searching for purpose or perhaps know your purpose but feeling lackluster or lost in the execution of it, this podcast was created for you. In fact, this isn't just a podcast, it's a movement, and we're on a mission to find the lost, welcome them in, and launch them into their greatest destiny, fully found in Him and founded on the rock. This is a table for a multitude of Marketplace ministers to come together for fresh revelation, resources, and revival. Get ready to catch the fire and live fully free, fully found. This is the Founder Collective. Welcome back to the Founder Collective podcast with me, Anthony Hart, her, Tamara Andrus, and we're just here chatting it up, talking about things, all the things, right, T? Always. That's what we like to do. And we have no plan every single time we jump on here. So we want you to be invited into this conversation right now as an active listener, um, but also a contributor. And we really, truly mean that. Like drop it in the comments, send us a message, tag, share, put this out for other people to tune into. But we really want to hear from you directly. So that's one of the things that's so fun about podcasting is you can really develop a community and community is connected to what we want to talk about today. Yeah, community, I think, is key in the world around us. Developing a group of people that are actually walking. I think we get a broken mindset of community in a mindset like thinking of people just setting. But I think when you get people moving, there's communication that has to be required. But there's also a focused place that you're moving towards. And I was thinking about this from a perspective, T, of this very churchy word, uh, discipleship. What does that mean? Like We talk about this in church all the time. Uh, We want to develop discipleship classes, but what we've found in our season out of the church and our season in the living room when the session was birthed was discipleship doesn't look like that. There's not those method and models that we use in these nice buildings with steeples is a broken and limited model of discipleship because discipleship for the best discipler ever, Jesus, was invite 12 people to come walk with him, sit with him, live with him, eat with him, like really get full access to him. And how can you not learn about this dude when you're walking with him? So in life, what we generally do is as a as a pastor, I sit on a pulpit and you get an hour and a half access to me. So really, I'm only discipling you an hour and a half a week. That is right. very minimal time. So think about this from a perspective in discipleship. If you are really discipling based on the amount of time you spend with somebody, who are you discipling most? Yeah, I would say for me, it'd probably be my kiddos, right? Um, Because they're around me all the time. But then when it comes to uh, my business, it would be my team. And then there's the community by I, as you were talking, the, the example that was coming to mind, and then you started talking about it. So I'm like, this is not shocking. Thank you, Lord, is uh, the discipleship side of our relationship as brothers and sisters, but also as marriages, um, what happened when we first met. And then a couple of years later, when you guys moved in with us, 
And Gary and I got to disciple you all without anybody putting a stamp like you're going to disciple Morgan and Anthony when it comes to their health and wellness. We had no plan of doing that, but you came and you lived life with us and we eat a lot of salad. <laughs> and so, Wait, are you saying you discipled pastors? I do. I disciple what? pastors. <laughs> so like just to think about that, like it, and now to see the fast forward where like I never have to check in with your wife to see if she's got her workout in. And we went hiking together in California as a family. And she was like, I am not doing that. And now she's like, take me back so I can do that and I can do it well. Right. And I think of other people in our founding family, like Janice, who she she just went on retreats and she went to events with us. And she's like, every time I'm with you, I lose weight. That never happens. You eat like a bird. I'm like, actually, I don't. I eat like a lion. I eat a ton of food. I just like green. So more like a rabbit, I guess. Um, but that was like such an organic process of discipleship. And if we can stop doing it so Christianese and we're not expecting someone to be behind a desk and read chapter one, subsector A, B, C, and tell me what your response is. No, like I, we didn't have to do that. You would ask us questions. You would say, that's disgusting. I would just try it, you know, and you would just try it and you would fall in love with the thing or still hate Brussels sprouts or sweet potatoes, fine. But there's certain things that you would beets. like, yeah, beets, beets. I just Tastes made like a beet stew this morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, now you love Brussels sprouts and it was only because you were exposed to them in a negative way or they were made wrong. And so how does this now apply to us from a business lens from a discipleship lens and ultimately from the great commission yeah i mean one of the things that when i got there y'all didn't have any sugar in your house so <laughs> all you had was coconut sugar so i was subjected to putting coconut sugar in my coffee guess what i still every day put in my, my Aww, coffee now i have coconut sugar. sugar in my house just for my coffee it's the little things. um but what t won't tell you is what i disciple her in most often her and g when they come is how to sit in a comfy couch and just relax <laughs> for a little bit because that's it's not so the way she's true. wired her couch is comfy but it ain't as comfy as the heart no house. it's so true there it's is a, so when you true. come to the heart house you're going to sit on the couch and you're probably going to just relax and unwind for a bit that is just going to happen. So yeah, and that makes me think. So like at, it was, I don't even know how long, maybe a year afterwards that you guys, so you lived with us for like a month when your kiddos were gone with your, your parents, but then it was like a year, maybe, maybe a year and a half later where you actually maybe two years moved into that same house. And yeah. it turned, it like literally had this massive transition from a beach, like aqua home to, I think Morgan painted, uh, she did, she painted the doors black yeah. and the big, cozy couch. Yeah, the fall home all year round. But the big cozy couch came in there. And when we were doing session, I remember I sat in this particular corner seat of their deep seated cozy couch. We have leather couches and they have like that um really comfy fabric. And like that where I opened the word in that space, man, my whole soul was nurtured in a way that I had never to this day have, have ever had the same type of discipleship happen. Yeah. And I think what we're talking about is something bigger than biblical, which is what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to tell us, don't focus on anything in the world. What he's saying is, if you get to the core of what I'm trying to teach you, you can use this in all things. Our businesses would be thriving if we had a better discipleship culture. Like, see, now we're starting to use church words in, <laughs> in business places, but it's true. Like, what if yeah. you really just sat down with your people and begin to share life with them? What yeah. if they begin to learn why you and how you ticked? And it's not just in corporate picnics or in just 
uh, orchestrated moments where they get to be around you, but it's genuine, intentional moments of getting to experience life with you or experience life with your family because learning how you operate in your business is should be a product of what you're going through at home around your kids. They should be able to experience you in that atmosphere. So when they come to work, they're not just getting the boss you. They're not just getting the coworker you. Like they're getting the the whole of you, which is yeah. what Jesus gave them full access. Because when they hit a moment of teaching, when they hit a moment uh, of walking out of biblical truth, it wasn't just folks. They trusted him in every way because of that access. I all right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast, talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. And we want you to be in on the us because we wanna make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources with what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited, you're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. I'm thinking about like our, my journey of leadership and I've always been wildly passionate about leadership. I did like leadership workshops in elementary school and middle school and high school and eventually was leading those leadership workshops rather than just going to learn. And as a leader now in my business, I've gone through waves of getting into ruts or routines where the people who were supposed to be like my, my go-to, like my family, they started as family, they finished as family, thank God, but there were seasons where there was that employee to leader relationship and your bride was one of those people where we stopped discipling one another, truly. I, because she's always been somebody who is a leader in my life. She's been a pastor in seasons of my life and also just a dear friend, but we stopped talking about what's happening after we're off work. We stopped getting our families together and it was because we had to-do lists and tasks yeah. that became priority. And that's where we get it wrong in the church. And that's an, a prime example of like, how are you doing that in your marketplace ministry, in your, your place of work, in that corporate arena? I thought of this particular leader who brings her people in on a quarterly basis and they talk nothing about work and she takes notes every time they talk so that when the person comes back in, they ask, oh, how is your son's sickness? How is your daughter's, you know, gymnastics career, you know, working out? She's asking questions. It could seem very formalized as you're saying this, but after that hour conversation, one hour with every single employee, she has a hundred employees every quarter. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time that she's investing. And then at the end of every year, when she handwrites 
writes their bonus check, handwrites their cards of gratitude to them. She has sustenance to share. She has wisdom to share rather than just this is what the expectations are. This is your quarterly, you know, feedback form and go about to your office desk. Like that doesn't help. But I think oftentimes from a church lens and you're, you would be better quoted in this than I would, um, there we're getting so finite and so fixated on that task role management role. I'm the leader, you're the liaison that we're forgetting about family and the heart of family. And that's what Jesus was so good at. And that's what discipleship is, is you're living life together. Yeah. The broken posture of leadership generally is the leader is out front. Mm-hmm. So then everybody who's following has no idea who, why, where they're going. They're just following wherever yeah. Jesus used the words, come follow me. But then he didn't get 10 spaces ahead of everybody and say, okay, let's go. When he said, come follow me, it was a recreation of what Joshua did. We're going together. Yeah. I know where we're going. I'm leading it, but I need you trusting me right here side by side. It's yeah. not me getting out here and just telling you, follow me. Like it is literally step for step. But if you're coming with me, if you're trusting me, if, if you see me move one way, you're moving with me. It's that play, that, that movement. And I think that's the hard part. When Jesus said in the great commission, the great commission was go and make disciples. He was telling them to go recreate what he had done. The three years of his life of just living together. Now we've moved so far away from that in church, uh, even in our families. Like we don't really disciple our kids. We're leaders out in front. So our kids do what I say, go where I tell you to go. No, you can't do this. There's not conversation communication on the why they're not learning how to be parents one day. They're just learning how to be parented. Mm. Think about that for a perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get to have kids, the only way, only way we know how to parent our kids is the way we were parented. We weren't walked through parenting. So then when we have the responses, the way our parents did us, and we're like, oh, I don't want to be that way. But it's ingrained in you because you didn't talk about the why. You can't connect with your kids on their level and the why because you only know how to parent them the way you were parented instead of having to cultivate a group. Because every person, all 12 disciples, I guarantee had an intimate discipling method with Jesus. Like he discipled Peter different than he discipled John. Totally. Peter was hard-headed. John was the one who loved Jesus and was there all the time. Like, tell me there's not a different, Cooper and Waverly. Um, Tell me there's not a different discipling method. So that's the last piece maybe of discipleship is the intimate one with every disciple. There is no just method that works across the, it is intimate connection with that person. Imagine if that leaders in their businesses began to have intimate, like you said, with each person to know what makes you tick, to know where your values lie, to help you walk out, to help you grow in specific areas you're missing. This is huge. Yeah. And you know, the first people that I thought of when you were talking about was discipleship was my kiddos because of how I am, am really walking out life. I saw this reel the other day and it was basically saying like, your firstborn kiddo, you have this like really interesting kindred connection with that you don't have with your other kiddos because um, they were 
they, you were being raised, you were being raised as a parent, as they were being raised as a child, because, you know, you've never parented before. And so there's like this interesting, like, grow with me, walk with me. A lot of apologies happen for me and my first very differently than me and my second. Um, even though I disciple, I disciple them differently, I am much more mature as a mother with my daughter because I've done it a little bit longer and not much longer, but long enough. Um, but I have a lot of times and, and Gary was actually the teacher of this to me is like a lot of eye contact times with my kids. A lot of times where we're learning the same thing. A lot of times where we're witnessing and talking about having conversations about the same thing. And I think that's where discipleship in a chasm happens, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in your church, wherever it is, when you're doing so much separately. And even in the times when Jesus would leave the disciples and he's like, hey, stay here and, and keep watch or stay here and just pray. And he'd come back and he's like, why are you sleeping? What are you doing? The more that he was together with them, the more that they understood the why behind how, why and how Jesus did what he did. Um, and so doing that alongside my kiddos and reading the word with them and getting into some of these deeper conversations. Sometimes it's just watching, we're, we're obsessed with this show called Outdoor Boys. It's a YouTube channel that is just so wholesome and so organic. They go to church every Sunday and you just get to be outside with these people. But we're doing this fun, lighthearted activity together. And we get to have some symmetry in the conversations that we have thereafter. And so what's the thing that you do with your team, with your people that has nothing to do with what you think needs to get accomplished and everything to do with what God wants to get accomplished through your yes. So good. I think this is, this is the shifting of the church back to the heart of what Jesus intended just to live with them. And it's not, you have to have this commune and y'all have the same haircut and wear robes. <laughs> oh, that's not what we're saying, but that's become the an all or nothing type thing. Yeah. But it's just generally being around people in more times than just orchestrated moments. Yeah. Spending time sharing conversation with people. You want to restore value to somebody, sit across the table, look them in the eyes and ask them how they're doing. Yeah. Let them be seen, let them be heard. In a world where nobody's seen, nobody's heard, unless you have a stage, unless you have a microphone, and everybody wants to be on a stage, everybody wants to get a microphone, but the moment you sit down and you actually look at somebody in the eyes and you just begin to talk to them, share moments with them, watch value be restored in their life. Yeah, That's true so discipleship. Good. True discipleship and the Great Commission all at the same time, and it's it's all it all is really one one in the same. So we're making this episode short for you guys. I know it's shocking if Anthony Hart and Tamara Andrus finish something in under twenty uh, minutes, but uh, you're welcome. We love you. We <laughs> Merry do love Christmas. you. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is holiday season for us now, and uh, I'm so grateful to have you as a mentor, a pastor, um, and to disciple and be discipled by you. So thank you. And thank you for discipling me too. And all things except for beets, which still taste like dirt. <laughs> I'm going to make them good for you one day. I'm going to hide them in something. <laughs> good luck. Good Love luck. you guys. God bless. This is the Founder Collective.